Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Steve's ministry. Thank you for the ways that you have shaped and formed him. And you speak to us this morning through him, by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Morgan, what do we call you? Now is it Reverend Doctor, Doctor Reverend? Uh, you can just call me Father Morgan. But okay. Reverend <laughs> okay. Well, it is an it's an honor to be here um, to be uh, preaching today. Um, I am newly ordained a year ago. Uh, on February second was my year anniversary, and um, this this is uh, it's really cool to be a part of this church. We've been a part of it from the beginning in prayers. Uh, and with our daughter Grace uh, coming to work last summer. And um, so thanks for opening the doors to me, Morgan. I, I do appreciate the opportunity to serve with you all. Um, so let's pray. Um, oh, Lord, my God, we thank you for the gift of your word. I pray, Father, that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in your sight. In the name of Jesus, amen. So today is the the seventh Sunday of Epiphany. And for those of us in the Anglican Church of North America, we mark this day as, the, as World Mission Sunday. It is a day which offers us the chance to celebrate the ongoing advance of the gospel around the world, to pray for the global church, and to reflect on the great commission that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us, making disciples of nations. So when Morgan asked me to preach on this Sunday, he told me that you have been in a sermon series entitled Nations and Neighborhoods, where you've looked at how the gospel of Jesus goes out into the nations, which includes the neighborhoods in which we live. For as long as I can remember, I have always been afraid of the word missionary. The word alone conjures up many fears for me. If I were a missionary, there is so much that can go wrong. Uh, I won't know a language. I won't know if there are bathrooms where I'm going. And there will be lots of bugs. That is my fear of being a missionary. So I recall vividly that the first time my family went on a mission trip with our church about 11 years ago, we didn't go to Africa, we didn't go to the Sudan or South America. We went to West Virginia. And I was still scared to death. It was this short trip to West Virginia that made me rethink some of my fears. I realized that I I was not deciding to go on this mission trip alone. The Holy Spirit was calling me to go and serve in a way that I was not expecting. It was such an amazing experience. There were challenges, yes, and a lot of bugs if you've been to West Virginia. But we built relationships with those whom we were ministering to. And we went back the next two years and had great fellowship with old friends. 
So following my experience in West Virginia, I knew that I had to rely on the Holy Spirit, not just in my call to do mission work, but to do anything. I had to release my fear and listen with all abandonment to what the Lord put on my heart and act on it. And it was during my call to ordination that the Lord put this phrase on my my heart. But I heard about halfway through, I heard this voice, heard this message. I'm not sure how to describe it. It was kind of simple. No matter where we are, we are all missionaries. This is a long way to get to my point. I absolutely love the sermon series theme of Nations and Neighborhoods. You are all missionaries in your own right if you're following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Each and every one of you. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is living and active. We are messengers of the living Word, and God is actively moving in and through us to advance the kingdom, even in our neighborhoods. We don't have to go to faraway places where there could be bugs and face danger. It's in our own backyard. Now, there are two things that I would like you to think about about being a missionary. One is ask yourself, am I listening to what God puts on my heart? And two, how can I hear God's call to to be a missionary in my own backyard or far, far away? So the two things, am I listening to God and am I doing what he calls me to do? So nearly 14 years ago, my family heeded a call to leave the church home our church home, and plant a church in North Arlington. It was the very last thing on our mind. We enjoyed the familiarity of the Falls Church. Our daughter had gone to school there for preschool, and Louise and I were both getting plugged in through her service in children's ministry and my service in prayer ministry. It was pretty awesome. We were super comfortable. When we were first asked if we were interested in planting a new church, Louise and I talked and we prayed and we talked and we prayed and we talked and we prayed. We weighed the pros and the cons and the pros went out. We were totally in. We had absolutely no reservation, no fear of jumping into a church plant. And once we said yes, and some of you may find this familiar, we did prayer meetings, we did prayer walks, And we kept listening to what the Lord might put on our hearts. We had no idea when we said yes how transformational that that transition would be in our whole life. It literally changed everything for us. So literally, during our church plant, everyone showed up on a Sunday. And we all had a job to do. Everyone who came into that sanctuary had something to do. My wife, Louise, was called to children's ministry, and she's still there 12 years later in children's ministry. And back then, I was the guy, and I'm still that today, that if I saw something that needed to get done, I'd do it. Most of the time, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just did it. The Lord gave me the right gifts at the right time. I love this quote from Planting Missional Churches. It's like in the, like page two. In church planting, the goal isn't to plant the coolest church or do the things that have never been done before, but it's always to reach people. Be on mission and be about the kingdom of God. So by showing up here this morning, 
You were here to call the Holy Spirit. By being present here, you are connecting to the body of the church through a church plant. And you are sharing in the pursuit to take the gospel to all the corners of the earth. And I think that's amazing. That right here, right now, we use this phrase over and over. We are literally in a corner of the earth doing what God is calling us to do. And that is so cool. So how do we take the gospel of Jesus to our neighbors? You guys have probably talked about this. Do you guys put up signs in your yard that say things like, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life? John 14.6. Or, uh, do you guys walk down your streets and knock on the door and say, Hi, my name is Steve. I live in the Blue House. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or, are you guys standing on the corners down here in Springfield with signs that say, Honk if you love Jesus! Probably not. You probably think, as I was saying those things, you're probably thinking, people would think I'm crazy. So, scary to think about. Though it might not be as scary, at least from my perspective, as going off to faraway places. I'd rather stay here and, you know, do this. Um, I'd rather hold that sign than go to Africa at this point in my life. So the question is not only how do we take the gospel to of Jesus to all the corners of the earth, but why do we do it? So let's look at two scripture readings from this morning and see what they tell us. First, if you've got a Bible in front of you there, grab it and turn to Isaiah 61. And we're going to look, start with Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. So, and I want to remind you, it may not be a, a reminder you need, but remember when we look at the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, We should be looking for Jesus on every page. I liken it to playing Where's Waldo. Sometimes it's easy to find him. He jumps out right at you and it's like, there he is. And sometimes it takes hours to really find Jesus on that page. So in reading Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, um, for me it's really simple to find Jesus in in, in um, in this scripture. Especially if you have a Bible with the cross-reference, because you can really pull out and connect the dots. So the scripture in verse 1, so 61.1, and I'm using an ESV here. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who are mourned. All who mourn. So, finding Jesus here. In Luke 4, 4, 16, 21, Jesus is in the synagogue in Nazareth and he reads a scroll that is handed to him. That's what the scripture says. He was handed a scroll and it's this passage in Isaiah. And it is with this statement that Jesus reads where, one way I look at it, is he officially launches the ministry of Jesus Christ. Because after he reads the verse, he looks around at those gathered and he says, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. If he had a microphone, he could have dropped it and just walked out. That is a giant statement. Today... The scripture has been fulfilled. 
the greatest anointing of the Holy Spirit in all human history will remain with Jesus because his number one reason for coming to earth was to bring good news to the poor. The good news was himself. In John 3.17, Jesus defined this mission this way. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Dallas Willard sums up the gospel, uh, sums up the word gospel in a great statement. Simply stated, the gospel is the life of Jesus, who lived with us, died for us, was raised for us, is poured out upon us, and who goes out from us. The gospel is Christ, with us and for us and upon us and through us. Now looking at Isaiah 61.3, it says, quote, They may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now I favor the, the NET version of this, the, the New English translation, because it says it this way, They will be called oaks of righteousness, trees planted by the Lord to reveal his splendor. So let me break that down. The they Isaiah refers to here is us. Christian followers spreading the gospel. The oaks of righteousness means that we will be strong and faithful like oak trees in the covenant that God has made with us through his son Jesus Christ. We are planted by the Lord with the ultimate purpose of glorifying him. This is the mission of Christ in the world and he wants us to join him in that. So why should we share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? We should because we too have the spirit of the Lord upon us. That is, we need to bring the good news to the poor. And remember, the poor is not based on somebody's bank account. The poor are those who are living without Christ. There's no better time than now for each of us to be building relationships with the poor. The world is a broken place and we are a broken people. But we are gospel-liberated people and have been empowered to become a force of restoration. Jesus is our example, and this is why we are all missionaries. So let's briefly turn to Psalm 96, because this is, I just love this psalm and, and how it fits to this day in the readings. Psalm 96 calls us to the task of witnessing to all the peoples and nations of the earth. So verse 1, and we're only going to touch on a, a, a few pieces of this. Verse 1 is, O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. So what this is, is a call to the people, to all people, to worship the Lord God Almighty. Verse 2 is, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Here the psalmist invites us, invites all people of the earth to bless his name. God's name alone, Yahweh, or Lord, is the representation of all that he is. His character, his nature, his attributes, and all that he has done. We are called to praise him and proclaim the good news that he saves us. 
In verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the people. So here the psalmist invites us to acknowledge and glorify the Lord for all of his amazing wonders and creations, which should convince all the people of the earth that the Lord is God. So jump to number 10, verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the people with with equity. The psalmist here is directing us to tell the world that the Lord reigns, to say it, to proclaim it. And he will perfect his creation. And only he will execute true justice. Psalm 96 is a song about global worship. It is is prophetic in that it points to the day when Christ returns and reigns over all of the earth. So the reading from Isaiah in Psalm 96 gives us clear direction on how and why we are called to be missionaries, sharing the good news of Christ the King. And if you've been thinking about the two questions I asked earlier in the sermon... Am I listening to what's, what God's putting on my heart? And am I doing what he says? I hope this brings a little more clarity. This brings it down a little bit more. Being a missionary is about being in relationship with other people. It's about what we say, how we listen, how we respond to all of those people around us. These things reveal Christ in us and through us. Remember the Dallas Willard quote. The gospel is Christ. With us and for us and upon us and through us. So it may feel a little hard to imagine what this really looks like for yourself. I know it is. It is for me. I want to encourage you this morning to step away from your fear. Go outside that comfort zone. But remember that you're protected by Christ the King. He's our shield and our armor. Think about asking somebody if you can pray for them. Imagine the number of people we see in a day at the grocery store, an old person. See a single mom. See somebody with a car that is not good. It won't start. Go ask somebody maybe if you can pray for them and start with prayer. I want to conclude with a story about an unexpected relationship that God put in my heart. And I acted without thinking what God had in store for me in this situation. So I'm a runner, and I run on the Potomac Heritage Trail, which is a super rocky trail. I've been running on this trail for 15 years, and over 15 years, I see the same people over and over. We, they all, we all know our patterns when we're on the trail. There are fishermen, when you get high up in the river, there are fishermen that run upriver. And I see some of these guys over and over, every different race you can imagine. Um, you've got Asian, Asian guys I've known who I don't even speak English, but we have fun talking to each other. Um, Hispanic-speaking people, Spanish-speaking. Um, we all just know each other. We see it in our eyes. And one time I was running, um, and there were two guys standing. There were two guys standing on the side. I've never talked to them. I've seen them. And I finally stopped and decided to talk to these guys. And what they were doing there that day was there was a, um, there was a, the week, that week, 
There was a record-breaking rockfish that got caught on the Potomac. It's the biggest one ever recorded to be caught on the Potomac. And it was within about a quarter mile of where we were at that point. So after I talked to them for a while, they told me the story about wanting to catch this fish. And I said to them, can I pray for you guys? I know you really want this fish. And they agreed. And I literally put my hands out to the river and I said, Lord, hear our prayer. And at that very moment, one of the rods literally went like that. And it bounced and went again. And these two guys turned around and looked at me. And they were speechless. And the reel started to go into the water. And he jumps in and he grabs it and he pulls it. And I am amazed. I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? Literally, I'm thinking, this, this is like a miracle. And they reel and they reel and they reel and the guy's pulling it, pulling it. They're laughing. We're having a great time. And at one point, he brings the fish in and I can't really see it. And he turns around and he goes, you weren't specific with your prayer, man. And I go, I didn't even get to ask God for the fish to you know, catch that specific fish. And he turned around and he had a three-foot um, a three-foot blue catfish. It was like literally this long. And he holds it up and it's, he goes, it's not a rockfish. And I said, and then he goes, but it's good enough. I'll never forget that moment. And since that moment, when I see them, they literally, these two guys are always together. They stop me and say, hey, Steve, can you come pray for us? And I prayed not just for fish, but I've talked to them about what's going on in their life. And it's, this is like once every three months, maybe, during the summer. It's an amazing part of God giving me this opportunity and working through me. I don't know what it's done for them in their life, but I get to pray for somebody, and it's pretty simple. So you never know when or what the Lord will put on your heart. Pay attention to it and listen and pray that God will make it clear. Ask others to pray for you. And remember, you really are a missionary. Morgan, thanks for letting me come this morning. It's been just a pleasure. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, empower your people to announce the good news that you have brought to earth the life of heaven, that you have sacrificed yourself for sinners, that you have been raised from the dead and exalted as Lord over all creation. Father, we give you our life, Lord, and we praise you above all things. In the name of our Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.